of that confused face, like you may have woken up in the wrong city. <laughs> it's Sunday, everyone's clearly a little hungover, a little confused. Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing last night, brother? Partying. Partying. Did you just raise the fist? We were partying. Communist partying. <laughs> we drank at one. <laughs> one man, one bottle of whiskey, one bucket, then sleep. There's children in the crowd. Hello, ladies. What is that ghastly noise? Yeah, I'm not going to turn the fan off because I... What's up, brother? How are you? Come on in. We reserved a very special seat for you guys right here. But you can, walk, you can back up or you can be awkward. No, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, good. Traitors! Goddamn capitalists come in here for our meeting, right? Well, you guys thought this was comedy show incorrect. We're going to talk about a little man named Mao Zedong. Do you guys know what? You guys are both 11? Yeah? You can speak. It's okay. It's not like other shows where uh, Angela is your mom. Your mom would be like, you guys shut up. We're trying to enjoy this kids' show, and I know it's a preposterous idea that it's Alice in Wonderland, but they're in a high school for some reason. <laughs> and the Queen of Hearts isn't the headmistress, which would make sense. She's the cool, popular girl in the school, which wouldn't make any sense because she wouldn't have any power. And they, some, for some reason, made the Mad Hatter the headmaster, which doesn't make any sense because you wouldn't put the Mad Hatter in charge. It would just mean the entire school runs on tea breaks, which would be <laughs> lunacy. They'd get nothing done. And the rabbit's a janitor, and he's not actually a rabbit. He just has a problem with speed, and therefore, what's up, brother? Come on in. Yeah, yeah, good. One thing is that there is no seating, so you got to crouch here. Uh, I love it. Yeah, do it, brother. Come on in. You're already a big cheer for these guys. How are you, sir? You've been nice to meet John John. I want to get some we got two pints. Good time, Tanya. There's room for two more, and then come back another day, Mrs.
What's your favorite part of the fringe? Uh, the comedy. The comedy. You say that, yet you're looking at me like you have a gun. <laughs> and yes, to answer your next question, uh, no, I don't fit in the room. Because <laughs> I like to make sure that comedy is conducted in the least comfortable surroundings possible. I want to be surrounded by half-pissed men and the guy who hacks into the mainframe. <laughs> and then make sure that the room is painted black and the windows are cemented shut. <laughs> and then I want to make sure that there's a heat wave in Scotland just to fuck with everybody. <laughs> and then we all cram in the room. Some people get here early so they can really soak in the sweat so that their areas get mossy. <laughs> you don't know what area I'm talking about. I'm talking about back of the knee. You guys made that dirty in your heads. Just because my hand gestured this way, I have uh, a disease called, I make dick jokes when there's kids around and I feel bad about it. <laughs> So back to you guys. You are, how old are you? 11. You're 11, and what's your name? Lauren. Lauren, it's a beautiful name. It means just in Latin. Did you know that? It's not true. <laughs> but you see, God punished me for lying by making me bash the microphone into my own face. <laughs> and Lauren, where are you from? Here. Yes, room? <laughs> you guys are very nice because you're wanted to play along. We've had kids come to the show before. There was a 13-year-old, and he was very much like a 13-year-old boy. He had like a weird like <laughs> haircut, you know what I mean? Where the hair was kind of down and around, like he's trying to conceal a scar on his forehead. <laughs> like he, and, uh, and he was from Michigan, and he like looked like he was into skateboarding. And I was like, do you like to skateboard? And he goes, nobody skateboards anymore, man. <laughs> and I was like, nobody? And he was like, She laughed at it, and all of you guys go, we don't read about other cities. <laughs> That's very beautiful. What brought you from Mexico to Edinburgh? What, what? Sorry. What, what brought you from Mexico to Edinburgh? Uh, I work here. You work here. What do you do? I'm a biomedical engineer. A biomedical engineer? Yeah, my dumb dumb. Lauren, we'll be back to you in a second. <laughs> but time for a little thing I like to call educating the youth. <laughs> biomedical engineer, what does that mean? It sounds weirdly like you're making pigment. <laughs> Which is a sign I've been watching a lot, a lot of Seinfeld. Brother, thank you for coming. Bad news for guys, guys, guys. Hey, sorry, brother. Uh, sorry, we're full. Do you mind coming back tomorrow? But, ladies and gentlemen, please do your duty. That guy was forceful, too. Did you see? Show's not full for me. I got a Monster Energy Drink shirt. I am getting. I'm in. I'm. I'm 30 this year, and I've suddenly gone from not wanting free shit that has logos on it to like. Yeah, I could wear a jacket that has a boat on it. <laughs> like, there's something that happens to a man through the 30s, and then they hit 40, and they're just like, I'm only wearing things that are given to me. I don't care the season or the weather. <laughs> like, my father, literally right now, he's wearing a t-shirt 
that I gave him one time that, uh, that read Rad Steve, because one time we went driving, and I was like, Dad, I'm no longer calling you Dad, I'm calling you Rad Steve. And he said, I hate that more than anything I've ever heard in my life. Because <laughs> you have to imagine, my father, look, my entire dad side of the family, we all, we're gonna get to biomedical engineer in a second, and we'll talk to the children. I will start a lot of fires, and I will put them all out. I'm that good. And <laughs> my entire family, all look like this. We just look like we were built in some sort of weird racist factory. <laughs> and the weird thing is, is that we all move and gesture and motion and speak in the same way. And I wasn't raised around this family. Like my, my dad lived in another part of Canada and it's not like living in another part of the UK where you can walk there in a pinch. Like it's Canada where he was on the west coast and I was on the east coast. And it's faster to fly from Toronto to London than it is to fly from Toronto to Vancouver where my dad lived. He was a bit of a rolling stone in those days. We, he's been then since forgiven. Would you like to hear that story? Come to my page show, 940 Pleasant's Courtyard. Yeah, I'll throw the plugs in, you won't even notice. And, um, <laughs> and so genetically we're all the same. And my favorite story about this is that I, uh, I was doing this very big show in Canada um, because they, they were gonna film my stand-up, I was filming a stand-up special in Canada. No big deal, it was on Canadian television, four o'clock in the morning for 11 people for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, free show for a reason. And I uh, and my my high, uh, university roommates uh, Jill and Joanne were up in the balcony, and uh, Joanne turned to Jill and she said, "I wonder if John's family are going to show up." And as if it was predicted in ancient texts, brother, the show is full, but stay right there because I got something for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> see you tomorrow, brother. That guy looked genuinely touched. Did you see his face? He came in for that. Oh no, if I started something. <laughs> Because there's a lot of needy performers. I don't know if you can feel, because the reviews have started to come out. So if you're out there on that mile, you can feel the need coming off of like circus troops from Scandinavia who come over to become discovered. And they're like, what? No one wants to see a hula hoop, but not an actual hula hoop, but a poem about a hula hoop? <laughs> and it happens outside, but also inside, inside your brains. How much are tickets? 15 quid. <laughs> So this Aryan nation of people marched into the theater, and uh, and Jill, who'd never met my father, just yells, "Mr. Hastings!" And my dad just whipped around and started waving at the crowd. <laughs> and what was he wearing? He was wearing earlier in the day. I had been given a jumper by the production company that read the, the name of the show was Comedy Now because stand-up special programs, they really like to name things so you know it's stand-up, not that you would be easily able to identify it because it's a man talking into a microphone. So it's called Comedy Now, which gives you the air of danger. Like, when is the comedy happening? Right now! And, <laughs> and it's this big neon thing. And he, so he's walked into a television show wearing a shirt of the television show. And then I, my, I didn't see this, but my mom, who was behind them, because my mom and my dad get along. They divorced before I was born, but they're still uh, friends now. And <laughs> he evidently turned to his brother and went, free shirt, everybody knows. <laughs> and sat down. So now back to biomedical engineering. What is your favorite scientific fact? What is your name, pardon me? Angie. Angie, beautiful name, means something probably. And uh, I'm John. And so Angie, what is your favorite scientific fact? Fascinating. <laughs> Did you guys also not know that if you don't say anything when your mouth is open? Silence. Um, I can't think of anything right now. I don't, I don't know. 
Second thing we've learned, scientists, not good improvisers. <laughs> I learned this one time, I did a uh, improv class at a science symposium, and I just kept being like, yes, and, and they were like, blah, 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 blah. Here's the problem with that joke, you guys all need to be aware of deep improv terminology, <laughs> and not be people who are like, we just came to laugh on a Sunday afternoon. Are you gonna talk to those kids again? Yeah, I am. And I know it makes you a little uncomfortable, sir, because you're afraid I'm gonna swear again. I probably will. <laughs> Lauren, back to you, you're 11 years old. Favorite subject in school, Lauren? Uh, drama. Drama? That was my favorite subject in school. Guess what, that can be a career one day. Well, not really a career. <laughs> one day, Lauren, you too can get 30 people to come into a room and sweat as one. <laughs> and then when anyone else tries to get in, you yell, I love you at them. And then later we'll talk about Mao Zedong. What's your favorite? <laughs> You guys don't think, I, I know a lot about Mao Zedong because I have insomnia and sometimes you get into a Wikipedia hole that goes deep. There's some fascinating stuff. First fun fact, didn't believe in brushing his teeth. Yeah, isn't that right there? You're like, oh, I'm no longer a socialist. <laughs> so Lauren, what's your favorite part of drama? Uh, I like acting. Favorite actor? John Hastings, thank you. I don't have one. You don't have one? Are you, are you your favorite actor? Yeah. <laughs> are you from Scotland? Yeah. You took pride in yourself and you're Scottish. Good for you. <laughs> Usually the guys, you just save it up for a referendum or when you take over parliament. <laughs> to hear that, that's the English people going, oh yeah, we noticed that. <laughs> I gotta say, it's been mentioned on previous episodes, but I do love politics in this country, especially that election where everyone just lied about who they were voting for. I didn't know you could do, I thought for some reason you had to be honest to pollsters. I don't know why. I should know, my dad did work for a Canadian prime minister. Here's the story there. Um, my dad started driving a car and this guy who was a politician named John Turner was like, I like the cut of your jib, you can work for me. My dad worked his way up as a, uh, the aide to the Canadian prime minister, shortest serving uh, prime minister in the history of Canada. 36 days, so he made it there. <laughs> Didn't have enough time to unpack his boxes or really pack up his house. Here's what happened there. So uh, the guy right before him, uh, him and uh, named Pierre Trudeau, who's like a big deal in Canada, he brought in free medicine. Uh, he, uh, his wife uh, did you know, fancy family time with two members of the Rolling Stones. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the day he lost an election, that was a rough day. <laughs> And look it up, it's a weird story. It was at Studio 54, it got dark. Anyway, so him and John Turner, who my dad worked for, just hated each other. And not in that way, usually politicians hate each other, but we say like barbed comments where, uh, you know what, he'd be a fine leader if he wasn't so interestingly faced. Like they literally were like, I don't, li I don't like that guy, he's dumb. Oh yeah? You're stupid. Like they just, <laughs> and so to make sure that John Turner got to be the leader of the party, because it's a similar system to what it is in the UK, Pierre Trudeau made him be like, all right, but I get to appoint like 15 people to the Senate, and then you have to appoint 40 people to the Senate. And he was like, all right. And then he just like listed a bunch of like criminals and corrupt people that, that this guy had to give a job for life to. And then he turned around and started as like a, just a party member being like, this guy's giving jobs to all sorts of crazy criminals. He shouldn't be the prime minister anymore. And then the country fooled him, or went for it, and uh, he's not. Here's a fun story though. My dad lost him one day. <laughs> Are you ready for the most Canadian story ever? Strap in. They're in an area of uh, Canada called Sudbury, Ontario. If you've never been to Sudbury, imagine a hole. That's it. <laughs> and it's a giant, uh, it's a giant copper mine. 
and the Prime Minister was there doing a tour of the copper mine, and I've met Mr. Turner, he's a, he's a really lovely, nice man. He looks like what everyone thinks a Canadian should look like, like broad shoulders, a dusting of silver hair, this like powerful face, like a handshake, and you're like, ah, how was my ankle hurt after I <laughs> shook your hand? And he, he, he doesn't call me John, he calls me Jonathan, because he doesn't like the name John, so he always wanted to be called Jonathan, and he's decided that I feel the same way. <laughs> I don't feel the same way. I really like John. I find Jonathan difficult to say, because there's that weird A, so it's Jonathan! Like you're <laughs> confused about what, like a weird robot that's here to fold your shirts. And, and so he always calls me Jonathan, much to the glee of my younger brother. My, my younger brother is 12, and so he just goes, ah, John Turner doesn't know your name. He knows my name. He calls me Cully, even though my brother's name is Cullen and he hates the name Cully. <laughs> By the way, if you ever meet Cullen Hastings, you call him Cully, and you tell him it's from me. <laughs> Sidebar, but, uh, do you have any brothers or sisters, Lauren? Only child? It's the best. I was an only child until I was 18, and then I got a brother, and that's the best way to do it, because there's no jealousy or fighting. It's just an excuse to play with Lego well into your 30s. <laughs> <laughs> and who is with you, by the way, Lauren? I apologize. Uh, my cousin. Your cousin. And what's your name? Heidi. Heidi and Lauren, there's probably a book written about you guys. <laughs> Only one of you would still be named Heidi and the other one of you would be an old man. <laughs> it's a reference to the book Heidi. <laughs> yeah, literary references and Canadian political history. Welcome to Naps O'Clock, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm gonna just, uh, do you wanna hear the most Canadian story ever, uh, Heidi? Okay, get ready. It's pretty awesome. I'm gonna have to edit this out of the podcast because I've been telling it a lot, and my dad keeps being like, you can't tell that it's technically like a national security issue. <laughs> and then I'm like, but it's Canada. So it's like, well. <laughs> so for people listening at home, if you wanna hear the story, you have to find me on the streets, and I will tell you the story. You can email me, and I'll like meet you. You have to buy me a coffee. But everyone else here, just so make it editing easily easier, can you guys all just whistle as one so when I'm editing this easier I can find it? I know you're all looking at me like, really? Yeah, I'm lazy, and this festival's difficult. You're gonna help me out. <laughs> Most shows are prepared. This one goes a different way. Everyone whistle one, two, three. Canada, and it happened in Winnipeg. Winnipeg is like Aberdeen without all the culture. <laughs> That's actually like kind of mean. There is some culture. I went to a pottery museum in Aberdeen. It was two rooms, but it was delightful. A lot of Viking poetry. They came over here, and you guys kind of repelled them, and they also left. Let me say this about the Vikings. No one messes with Norway even to this day because of the Vikings. Because we all remember that story of like one day they just got in a canoe and then they took over the world and then went, we don't like it, let's go back to the snow. And I think we're all still waiting for that day when they're like, they're gonna do that again. Like, yeah, we have nuclear weapons, but they, they used a canoe on an ocean. That's quite difficult. Like, they get 30% of their oil when it's sold out of their country. The rest of the world gets 3%. And they negotiate with the same organization. They still organize, like, OPEC, like, Saudi Arabia, the Middle East was like, let's not mess with these guys. I don't know how you can canoe in a desert, but I know they will. <laughs> and it's also something about a man with a beard. Like, you're a man with a beard, man without a beard. I trust you a little bit more. Like, like, I know you've read books, <laughs> but he's understood books. <laughs> Favorite book? You haven't got one. Too many to choose from, that's his problem. 
What's your name, brother? Chris. Chris. Beautiful name. And what do you do for a living, Chris? You work on buses? I have so many questions. <laughs> Where? In Newcastle. So you're a Geordie? Yeah. Gotta love Newcastle. It is the only place where we're just gonna act like the entire place is my house. <laughs> have you ever seen someone go into the bathroom outside? No. Well, then you've never been to Newcastle. <laughs> I saw a lady use a sewer grate to go number onesie-bunsies in, and she was in front of a policeman. I have never been more in love in my entire life. Uh, and Newcastle, Newcastle born and raised? Yeah, 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 I like Newcastle. Most confusing streets I've ever been to in my entire life, because you all end up in that market, but it doesn't make any sense, and then for some reason there's just a roundabout, but there's no exit to it. Is that how, is that just to keep the Geordies there? Because you guys never, ever leave. Like. Like, I have friends who, like, move to London, they're like, I don't like it. No one is exactly like I am here. I'm going home. Excuse me, how much is the sausage roll? A pound? I don't think so. It's supposed to be free with a song. <laughs> Favorite thing about Newcastle? Everything. You can pick one thing, brother. They're not here. <laughs> Your other joiny brethren who talk way too quickly for someone who's from Canada and really can grasp the accent because he was raised around Scottish people who you can put Scots anywhere in the world and your accent gets thicker somehow. <laughs> Just in like in a great retribution for like, yeah, this is for the English for, you know, whatever they did to us. Did that guy just sneak a fart? Also, have you guys noticed that there's a lot of crowds out here? I think a lot of people are farting in those crowds. <laughs> Because I was walking by, and there was a beautiful woman next to me, and she ripped a gasser. <laughs> like, Lauren, have you ever farted in public? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I really respect your honesty. I, have to be honest. I, I thought you weren't going to go for it. I thought you were like, no, not me. <laughs> not old, reliable, smells nice Lauren. You're like, yeah, I've been walking around ripping gassers like it's my business. <laughs> I'll tell you something about drama. You know what's dramatic? The things that have been coming out of my backside. <laughs> I do love farts. I don't understand why they're not more often discussed. I do like in the last two years, have you noticed how women are suddenly been liberated and are allowed to fart in public? Yeah, did you not know that? Angie has not gotten to Mexico, but listen, tell your brothers and sisters down there, fart in public, it's hilarious. Because every man just looks at the girl like, <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> How did you know? Because it's just, it's something so amazing. Because it's never not funny. I was at a funeral. <laughs> and like a dark funeral. The person had died in a very, it was, I'm not gonna get into it, because I will cry, and I'm not a good crier. Like you look like a good crier, single tear, and you just go, I'm fine, I'm fine. Me, I just like, it, it, everything comes out, and by that I mean every liquid in my body, like, mucus and it gets all saliva-y and I start like gasping like my heart's trying to escape just like let's get away from this gay guy who's crying all the time I don't know why I affected a weird high voice like a cartoon character there because sometimes you try and go for a laugh and you guys go no John we're just enjoying the talking and also the heat is starting to get to us so you're starting to grow ears this is how hot I am I totally forgot I was wearing a hat until right now <laughs> Because I felt my head hit that, and I was like, ooh, my hair feels softer and more together. <laughs> You're wearing a hat, you numbskull. Not really, it's very thick. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, hilarious comedy. Ladies who fart.
favorite lady farting story ever was uh, I was with a girl we'd been dating for about three years, and we were watching Apocalypse Now, which is a long movie and very good at the beginning, and then it drags for two hours, <laughs> and then it ends strong. And uh, we're about two and a half hours into it, and she lived in a studio flat, like it was like tiny, it was like the size of this stage, lower ceiling, and. <laughs> And she just turns to me and goes, would you go outside for a second? <laughs> and, and, and I smoke cigarettes very occasionally, like 25, 30 times a day. And, uh, and I was just like, I don't really feel like smoking. And it was in Canada, so it was winter. And not winter like you have in Scotland, where it's like a little bit of snow, uh-oh, like the snow up to your head. And I know, I like that also, Newcastle goes, we have winter, and I've been to winter in Newcastle. That is rain, no matter how much you guys try and pretend. <laughs> And it, gets, and it it was in Ottawa, and Ottawa is the most temperate climate, or temperate, disparate climate in any place in the world. So it'll be 45 degrees below and above in the same year. And it was like 45 degrees below. How do I describe that cold? Imagine your eyes, if you blink, they may close for a bit. <laughs> like your, your lips freeze, like it's just the worst feeling. So standing up there smoking is really bizarre because you take a hit of the cigarette and your mouth heats and then you get fog coming out of your ears. So I didn't want to go outside. She goes, well, I just need to take care of something. And then I thought, oh, do you have like a present for me or something? <laughs> and she's like, no, no, I don't. I don't. I just need you to not, not be in here. And I was like, well, wh why don't you go into the bathroom? And she goes, because it, it's not far enough away. And I was like, away for what? And then it just happened. <laughs> and you know when you close down shop back there? So it, it kind of sneaks out like a burglar. <laughs> the whole time we're just making eye contact. And now it was the wrong time for me to say I love you for the first time, but. But I did it because she shared something with me, <laughs> which was that she ate way too many pepperoni sticks. <laughs> um, now, Lauren, is Heidi your favorite cousin? <laughs> yes. Good, very good answer. <laughs> Heidi, same thing? Good, and Heidi, do you mind if we talk to you for a second? Do you don't mind? Fantastic. Heidi, favorite subject in school is? P.A. P. Oh, so Jim. We call it Jim in Canada because we're not good at spelling. <laughs> we just need to know the name of the building. So they call like Jim, that would happen in the gym class, in the gymnasium. And then uh, maths would happen in just a room that was shaped like a five. And, uh, and English would just be a room with like this really boring guy in it. And we'd go yell at him, right? Scottish people and English people are just like, we don't appreciate those jokes. We putting a lot of money into this festival that goes to the Scottish government. Maybe you should treat us with respect. You know, I feel the same way, but I won't be on your side because I got to move tickets and a lot of Scottish people are here. Anyway, what's that? Will I switch sides to help myself? Yes, I am. I'm from North America. It's what we do. I don't know if you've ever read Canadian history, but it's the story of someone always going with the side that wins. For example, we didn't go to the Iraq war. Looking pretty good on us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we lost a prime minister as a result. His final words were, you will treat me as a hero one day. Then five years later, when America's economy went into the tank, he hired time on Canadian public radio and demanded an apology. <laughs> He's the best. His name is Jean Chrétien. His bell's palsy. 
so he looks like Fat Lips from the movie Dick Tracy, which is a reference for four people. I'd like to point out I almost said the number three when I went to say four, but I saved it to the last second and it was only noticed by you, who laughed and then looked around and stopped laughing. And, uh, and he was awesome, like he just didn't care, like he treated being the Prime Minister like I treat cleaning the house, which is, I'll get to it eventually, but it's my house. This is the way I like it. And so he did a bunch of things, he just changed policy. It didn't look like he was gonna get elected the second time, so he literally, his campaign platform was, I will lower the price of cigarettes by three Canadian dollars if you elect me again. He won by a landslide. <laughs> And like all the other opposition parties, like that's not fair, that's not fair. And he's like, what now, what now? And he, it doesn't look like a cool guy, like he looks like a platypus. But he, and he's in a suit with a carnation, just like, I just want to die. Like he just, he, I can't even do his, like, like he sounds like when an English person is making fun of a French person times a million. And he's just so badass. He then also, because um, Canada uh, has an area called French Canada called Quebec, and Quebec did something very similar to what Scotland did, which is was deciding whether or not it wanted to be a free, independent state. It went a little bit further, which was it, at the time it had Canada's only exportable product, which was hydroelectricity. And so they held the federal government up and made them agree to all these like various different things, like every Quebec citizen got to keep Canadian citizenship. They kept the dollar for five years. They didn't have to give any of the hydroelectricity to uh, to the federal government uh, if they went um, if they went free. And here's how Jean Chrétien got back at them. He rigged the election openly. Yeah, it's pretty awesome because he put in a law, if you're a student in Canada and you're in Quebec on that day, you get to vote. And then he held a student conference, a bunch of students, students went, and they won that one. And then they demanded a federal, a federal probe into it, and he went, no. And then 10 years later, they brought him in, and they said, sir, did you, because he also paid for all the sponsorship in Quebec, is very, very much mobbed up. Have you ever seen the movie Donnie Brasco and the character Sonny Red? It's an actual guy. Uh, his name is uh, Sonny Rizzuto. He recently died. Um, I'm going to kid this up. He didn't die. Um, he went to eternal timeout after one of his friends bonked him on his noggin with a who's its and what's its. <laughs> Saved it. And um, anyway, so it's very mobbed up. So he bribed the mafia to just put up a bunch of illegal billboards everywhere. And then when asked if he did that illegally and accepted bribes, he said, I've never accepted cash ever. I accept golf balls. And then, just in front of the Canadian federal court, made them look at all of his various golf balls <laughs> from his collection for three days. And it turned into this thing of you're like, I can't believe this guy's getting away with it with, what's his plan here? Dude, is he still showing them the golf balls? Yeah, he really is. I love this guy. <laughs> and now we have a, a prime minister. I don't know why I'm talking about the prime ministers of Canada so much. At the end, I'll talk about Sir John A. Macdonald. He's from Scotland, and he had a guy named the Wheelbarrow Man, and his job was to put Sir John A. Macdonald in a wheelbarrow after he was super drunk after every night of being a prime minister and wheelbarrow him home. The wheelbarrow is now in the Canadian Museum of Civilization because <laughs> we don't know how to hide our secrets. I know you're all looking at me going, is that true? Yeah, you need to go. Canada isn't what like this is of like a polite man in a hat. Top of the morning to you, a cup of tea. We're savages, but we don't give them passports. We make them stay in our country. Like Australia does the opposite. They export their dickheads. And then you go to Australia and it's like, glass of wine? Fact about a kangaroo? Yes, please. And then you go into any bar anywhere and it's just an Australian dude with just that stupid bun ponytail. 
I don't know how they made the ponytail douchier, but they did. Someone just saw Princess Leia and went, I want to do that, but make it seem like I'm an ultimate fighter. <laughs> and yeah. Any Australians in? Good. <laughs> They're banned. Not really. Anyone can come into the show. As you can see, the door's been opening and closing, and it's a sold-out show. I really hope I press record. If not, this entire thing was for naught. Totally did. Saved it. What was I talking about? Australia. Have you ever been to Australia, brother? Yeah. Where'd you go? Sydney. Sydney. That's the only place I didn't go. Favorite thing about Sydney? Uh, blue mountains. The Blue Mountains? Are they actually blue? Because Australia does this thing where they just literally name everything. What's that? The giant desert. <laughs> What's over there? Snowy mountains. Where are we right now? The Northwest Territory. Where are we going? The Queensland. Where are we now? Ocean. <laughs> blue Mountains, are they actually blue? No, not blue. Yeah, they lied. <laughs> and what were you doing in the Blue Mountains? Uh, just walking about. Just walking about? Alright, where are you from? Scotland. 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 Scottish people, you do love a walk up an incline. <laughs> Hence the way Edinburgh was designed with just hills that end in a staircase. <laughs> and who <coughs> Ugh, what was that? <laughs> my Scottish heritage attacking my brain. You will not attack walking! Without it, how would we get around? We don't like cars. Hence the design of our roads, where one-way streets end in another one-way street going the opposite way. This is the only city, uh, two nights ago I was with uh, comedian Brendan Burns. I'll pick up all the names I'm dropping. And uh, I think three people got that joke and I'm making fun of my friend Brendan. Sometimes I like to imply that he's a celebrity and then embarrass him in front of people. Like, you'll walk into a bar and I'll go, can you let them know Brendan Burns is here? And they'll just look at me like, what? Is that your dad? And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and anyway, we, he ran a red light on Princess Street. Sorry, brother, I put that right on your foot. And he ran a red light on Princess Street. And I'm used to North American cops. And Canadian cops are very intimidating. We breed them with timber wolves. They have a, like a bulletproof jacket and they have guns. And I forget we're in Scotland. They don't have guns. They have like pepper spray and nice kicky Glaswegian accents. And so we run a red light and we get pulled over by a police officer and he gets out of the car, which is not done in North America. If you get out of the car, I don't know if you've seen the news recently, but that's an excuse for them to shoot you, especially if you're black. And um, so he gets out of the car and goes, hi, I'm sorry. He's Australian and that's my version of his accent, which doesn't sound Australian. It sounds like my throat's trying to leave. And, and he goes, uh, my, I didn't know, oh, it was, it was red. I was looking at the green one. And the uh, policeman just went, I understand, the roads are confusing. And he just walked around the car, and then he said hello to me, and I was in the car with famed wrestler Colt Cabana, because I am literally living my childhood dream. Because I love professional wrestling. Let's not talk about professional wrestling. You got it in a second. First we'll talk about Mao Zedong. And, um and uh, walked around the car and said hello to us. And then a bunch of babes got out of a car. And then me and the wrestler and the police officer just watched these babes walk away. And then he went, good night, Pulse. And then he went and got in his car. <laughs> Again, Scottish people, you're the most aggressively nice people. And I mean aggressively and nice in that as a one phrase. And how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. That's very pleasant to hear. I hope you have a lovely day. I will. Good. Um, so Mao Zedong, do you know who Mao Zedong is? Heidi. Okay, so have you heard of the country called China? Yeah. Uh, China 
used to be communist. People will still tell you it's a communist country, but it's actually rejigged into this weird combination of capitalist and communist. Basically, it means they can have sweatshops and no one says anything because Primark's really cheap. <laughs> we all are wearing pants from Primark. Don't stare at me. What? It's one pound for ten pairs. I understand that it's very immoral, but they're so cozy. And uh, he was a communist leader, and he kind of took the communism as this political tool. We live in a democratic society. Yeah? Just not a lot. Good, good, good. So we live in a democratic society. Don't worry, I'll make this funny, or if not, at least very boring. <laughs> and so he was uh, the leader of this communist revolution, so it was a different type of political influence where everyone works for one common goal, which is just to continue to work. And I know what you're thinking, why would you do that? It's why communism doesn't work, Heidi. Because <laughs> eventually he's just a dictator. Usually the dictator's in like suits, and they like pose like this, like Joseph Stalin is always famous for like having his hand sort of here and then a glove folded here. It's because this hand was really deformed, so he'd never ever be photographed with his hand out. And yeah. Again, not funny. Fun fact, though, about old Joey Stalls. <laughs> and so uh, Mao uh, was very much about all about embracing the worker. So what he did, right, is he felt that workers would never clean themselves because they would only use water for drinking, which is a theory. But that meant that he didn't bathe ever. Just before he went to bed, he would wipe himself with a dry towel and then sleep in his own filth. He didn't change his tra or his, uh, his onesie onesie. Shows that I've never worked a real day in my life. <laughs> what are the things mechanics wear? Does somebody yell poems? Thank you, one guy. Uh, I'm thinking of overalls. Do you guys call that a jumpsuit? I like how none of you can agree. We don't know. Where is this going? I'm excited to see as well, Miss at the back who's almost asleep. Didn't think I could see you, but I can. Are you a lady? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell them that. I'm just seeing a silhouette, and I wasn't sure if it was a shadow of a lady's body or just a man wearing a, a loose jumper. And so he, um, he would never wash himself or anything until he uh, met with uh, President Nixon of America, who walked into the room and couldn't stand the smell. And so he then asked that they just carried flowers with them anywhere. And so if you look up photos of Richard Nixon visiting China for the first time, there's just a guy holding a potted plant next to them always. <laughs> and it looks like kind of a cool image, like they're like, remember, the forests of America. But it's actually because Mao's body odor was so tremendous that the president was like, get me a secret service guy and some lilies. There is no way we're going to be able to do this. <laughs> Have I literally closed every tangent that I started? Did I, I think I get all of them? You guys have stopped paying attention. Well, don't worry. The show is only like another hour and a half long. <laughs> and then there's some dancing. And then just sweet, sweet times of remembrance. I think, I think we're going to wrap up. But before we do, I think what we're going to do is we're going to leave with some parting words from Lauren. Lauren, how do you live your life? Before we get to that. <laughs> just want to remind you that the show is free to get in. It's not free to get out. And we're talking cashy money. And if you're going to be one of those people that goes, I, uh, I, don't have, I, don't have any, I don't I don't have any money, well, tough. Give me a shoe or something. <laughs> Boy, Mrs. Scotland, you guys will actually just give me your shoes. <laughs> give me something I can sell, like a phone. All right. Lauren, how do you live your life? <laughs> Stay active, everybody. <laughs> it's August. 
you're drinking or deep frying pizza and then thinking, should I get a deep fried Mars bar? I've never had one of those. And you're by yourself, so no one will know what you did until you talk about it on your podcast and it's listened to by your mom and your dad. And your mom's okay with your body, but your dad always gets a little concerned because he has body dysmorphia, but he doesn't know how to take it out on himself, so he brings it up with you. And then you're like, all right, dad, I understand that I have impact on that many pounds, but one of us used to run and then divorce, divorce, divorce. And now that sweater is around your neck, not because it, uh, it looks good, because it doesn't fit. And then he says, can you please stop? talking about me on your podcast because people from my work listen to it and they bring it up in meetings and then I say well you shouldn't have told me that fact because I edited something out of this podcast that other people shouldn't hear but yeah I told the story again dad thanks for listening I look forward to the email you're typing me right now and I know it says confidential at the bottom of that email well guess what I'm not a lawyer and I don't know how to read I do but I like to bring them out ladies and gentlemen you've been an audience I've been a comedian this has been Andy Beacon by me that's how it's fell apart. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. I'll see you in the back. Bye-bye.